ಓಂ ಜ್ಞಾನತ್ಮಿರಂದಸ್ಯ ಜ್ಞಾನಂಜನಾಚಲಕಾಯ ಚಕ್ಷುರ್ಮಿಳಿತ ಶ್ರೀಗುರವೇ ನಮಃ ಶ್ರೀಗುರಿ ವೈಷ್ಣವ್ ಗುರು ಪರಂಪರಾ ಕಿ ಜಯ ಎಸಿ ಭಕ್ತಿ ಬುದಾಂತ ಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾತ್ ಕಿ ಜಯ ಭಕ್ತಿ ರಕ್ಷಕ ಶ್ರೀದೇವ್ ಗೋಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಮಹಾರಾಜ್ ಕಿ ಜಯ ಭಕ್ತಿ ಸಿದ್ಧಾಂತ ಸರಸ್ವತಿ ಠಾಕುರ್ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾತ್ ಕಿ ಜಯ ಶ್ರೀಕೃಷ್ಣದಾಸ ಕವಿರಾಜ್ ಗೋಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಮಹಾಶಾಯ ಕಿ ಜಯ ಶ್ರೀ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಚರಿತಾಮೃತ ಕಿ ಜಯ ಸುಸಿಡ್ನಿ ವಿಲ್ ಬಿಗೇನ್ ದಿ ಥರ್ಡ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಆಫ್ ಮಧ್ಯಲೀಲಾ ದಿಸ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣದಾಸ ಕವಿರಾಜ್ ಗೋಸ್ವಾಮಿ begins describing the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Madhulila in some detail. In the previous two chapters, he gave a synopsis of this entire Madhulila and the Lord's pastimes in the Madhulila and a synopsis as well of those pastimes in the Amtilila. Nyasam vidhajot pranayot gauraho vindavanam gandumana brahmadya ರಾಧೆ ಭ್ರಮನ್ ಶಾಂತಿಪುರಿ ಮಹಾಪ್ರಭುಂಡಾವನ್ಪರೆಂಟ್ಲಿಂಡಿಪುರ and enjoyed himself there with his devotees. I offer my respectful obeisances unto Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So this verse is a synopsis of the entire chapter. Jai Jai Sri Chaitanya Jai Nityanando Jai Dvita Chandra Jai Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Chavisho Varshar Shesh Ye Magmas Tashukla Pakshe Prabhu Kurila Sanyas At the end of his 24th year, During the waxing of the moon, Shuklapakshe, Prabhu, Mahaprabhu, Gorila Sanyas. He accepted the Sanyas order. So, as we know, this was somewhat sudden. Although it had been discussed earlier, announced to the devotees, rather filtered down to the devotees and the talk of the town of Nadia. Mahaprabhu pacified them by telling them a number of things, one of which, well, the plan is to do this some months from now at the summer solstice. And furthermore, you are all my eternal associates, so there's no question of giving you up. That perhaps had a little more weight with them <laughs> in terms of pacifying them. But suddenly... As we find here, Mahaprabhu up and left. He went to take sannyas. And we know he took sannyas from Keshav Bharati. This has been described already in brief. Sannyas kori prema veshe chalila brindavan radha deshe teen teen kalila brahmana. So after accepting sannyas, with this motive, prema vesh, filled with a feelings, strong feelings of love, prem, for Krishna. Jalila Vrindavan, he went to Vrindavan. It is said, Pancho Shodram Banam Brajet. This is a common statement for all persons. At 50, one should, Banam Brajet, should go into the barn, the forest. So this means to take sannyas, to leave the world, enter the barn. 
and for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that meant Vrindavan. So this is a special kind of sannyas, Premavesh, filled with Prem, not with Tyag, not filled with renunciation, let us say, alone, but with Prem, the byproduct of which is renunciation of those things unfavorable for Krishna's service, in which gives that brain the ingenuity to find, really, the utilization of all things, practically, in Krishna's service. As we'll see here, this is not an ordinary sannyas of Gyanmarg, karma sannyas. Karma sannyas means to give up the duties of the karmakanda, sections of the Vedas that are given for the common people, religious activities, to give up those and perform only the nitya karma, those activities that are enjoined for purification that don't overtly have a fruit that is dangling from them to entice us to perform the activity. Like in Karmakanda, we have a fruit, the carrot, dangling. If you do this, you will get that. You'll go to heaven. If you perform this, you'll get a good wife, you'll get a good husband, you'll get a good child, and so forth. So all of these type of activities are overtly motivated by fruit gathering, collecting. And then there are other activities enjoined in the scriptures that have no apparent fruit to them. They are like performing trisandhyam three times daily at the sandhyam, dawn, noon, and dusk, gayatri, and japa. So these have no overt material fruit. Therefore, the purification of the soul. So in the Gyanmarg, it is considered that the sannyas means to give up these duties of Dharma Shastra, Karmakanda, and only perform these other activities for purification of the soul. Krishna, however, doesn't look so favorably on this in Bhagavad Gita. Anashrita karma phalam, karyam karma kurutiya. He says, One who doesn't light any fire and do any work, just by that he doesn't become a sannyasi. But uh, by giving up the fruits of one's activities, becoming detached from the fruits, even that means to say if you perform those karmakanda activities. In karmakanda there is the propitiation of so many different gods and goddesses. So it may be looked at from the point of view of Karmakanda, or all those gods and goddesses may be looked at in a different ways. Each one's name is a different name for Krishna. Shiva is a name for Krishna also. Durga, another name for Radha, is mentioned in the Tantra. So what angle of vision we approach all these things, this is what is important. Once one of my godbrothers approached Sridhar Maharaj, had taken sannyas from Sridhar Maharaj, he asked Sridhar Maharaj if he could have any service, any service I can render. Guru Maharaj said to him, mm, change your angle of vision. That's all. <laughs> that means, by such, everything becomes service. And in the language of Vishwanath Chakvati Thakur, Vishwam Purnam Sukhayate. The whole Vishwam, the whole universe, the whole world, Vishwam Purnam Sukhayate, becomes joyful, happy. By service we can become happy. It actually, trying to be happy is the cause of misery. 
we should understand this point. <laughs> so we want a balanced outlook. We want to come to this angle of vision. that The whole world is seen as an abode of joy. This angle of vision. See everything potential to be utilized in Krishna's service. You know the story of the fellow who came into the 26th Second Avenue where Prabhupada was preaching Bhagavad Gita. It's a famous story. He was maybe drunk or half crazy, living in the Bowery in the East Village, Lower East Side of New York. Prabhupada was holding Gita class there and he came in and he moved through the group of devotees, made a big shout noise and put down some toilet paper, walked out. And the devotees were quite shocked and didn't know whether they should have grabbed the man before he walked up there or escorted him out or not allowed him in. But Prabhupada knew what to do. He said, oh, this man's devotional life has begun, life of serving. Prabhupada found some use for that. I know another devotee who gave something to Prabhupada. I forget what the item was, but when I heard it, immediately the thought came to my mind, of what use could that be? <laughs> but Prabhupada found some use for that object. So this kind of angle of vision we want to have. I was once sitting with Prabhupada in New York in the 11th floor of the famous Manhattan building. It was such a triumph for him. You can imagine that we were giving the contrast from living in the Bowery, a homeless person in the external sense, but in whose heart was a home big enough to accommodate the whole world. In his heart was Vrindavan. All of Vaikuntha is contained there. All possibilities, this is Vrindavan, where the word impossible is, is not found in the dictionary. Living in that place, but apparently, overtly, homeless in the worst sense, in a cold New York winter, living on the streets, in service of Krishna, to be living in the 11th floor of a Manhattan semi-skyscraper for Krishna, and from there commanding an army of men and women for Krishna Sankirtan. It was a great victory for Prabhupada. I was sitting there with him, and I had taken sannyas not long before, and he turned to me, and he said, have you seen the New York women? And I thought, now, is he testing me? <laughs> Have I seen the New York women? Uh, so I was a little dumbfounded. I didn't know what to say. And then he opened his eyes wide, as he would sometimes, and he said, they're so beautiful. I just sat there listening and trying to understand his point. And what I realized was that he wasn't testing me. He was just speaking honestly his opinion. They're so beautiful, he said. He was sharing with me his fascination with Vishnu Maya. He said, they are so beautiful, so charming. All of the men in New York are so busy working, working, working. And this is the motivating factor, these women. The whole thing is going on like this. He said, this is Vishnu Maya, Krishna's Maya. And it was very uh, instructive Similarly, once, to further illustrate the point, a godbrother of mine took sannyas from Sridhar Maharaj. The day he was taking sannyas, at the time of the initiation, Sridhar Maharaj asked him an interesting question. 
Before he gave the mantra and the danda, he said, So, are you prepared to speak to the ladies? When the man might be thinking, I'll never have to speak to another lady again. <laughs> now I have a, a symbol here that says, none of them can talk to me, and I don't have to look at any of them and deal with any of their problems and so forth. Shidamar is giving him the full idea. This is the Vaishnava sannyas. So you prepare to speak to the ladies also, preach to them, or are you just running away from them? If you are running away from them, you run away from here. This is not what this is about. This should be based on something positive. And here Mahaprabhu in an extreme way, Premavish Jalila Vrindavan. He went to that van, to that forest, to Vrindavan, with love of Krishna in his heart, some positive experience, not just the negative experience of how bad material life is, let me run away from it. This is not about running away from anything. Someone asked the question, "How? when will my miseries end? One of my godbrothers gave a nice answer. He said, wrong question. Again, along the lines of Sridhar Marsh, he more or less said, change your angle of vision. There are no miseries. All the troubles of life come to us for good reason. They give us a chance to serve Krishna. If Krishna was not hungry, Madhya Yashoda would have no service. We have to have this kind of vision. Gaudiya Vaishnavism and Gaudiya Vaishnav Sannyas in particular is not about rejecting anything. It's about fully embracing life for what it is. Mahabharata had this powerful avesh of prem. Moved by prem, he went to Vrindavan. And this is how we should go to Vrindavan. This is the only way, of course, we can get there. Not by airplane ticket, visa, passport. You need a transcendental passport. That is renunciation. But a transcendental visa, that is the primavish bhav, that will actually give us entrance there. So Mahaprabhu went in this way, straight to Vrindavan. He took sannyas from Keshav Bharati, and this was his desire. And although he wanted to go to Vrindavan, he got lost along the way. He got lost because he was lost really to any external vision and he himself was living in Vrindavan. We find later on in Madhulili, he says, more man Vrindavan. My mind has become Vrindavan. We know Mahaprabhu saw every river as Jumuna. We see that even coming here to some extent. Every mountain as Govardhan. So he went, full of prem. He got lost in Radhadesh. And wherever he went, he asked the people to chant the holy name of Krishna. Following him, Nityananda Prabhu, Chandrasekhar for some distance, Govinda, Mukunda, and Keshav Bharati also. Actually, Mahaprabhu followed Keshav Bharati. At the time of the sannyas ceremony, when Mahaprabhu received the mantra, Danda Kamandalu, the water pot, Mukunda began to sing Hare Krishna, Krishna Nam, and Mahaprabhu began to dance in ecstasy. And all of the people wept and were filled themselves with ecstasy. And thrashing on the ground and rising up again, he embraced Keshav Bharati. And Keshav Bharati at that moment became filled with Krishna Prem himself, 
dropped his kamandalu, dropped his danda. This again serves to illustrate what is this Vaishnava sannyas. These are externals, the change of the dress, the danda, the kamandalu, and so forth. It's an attitude, an attitude of serving Krishna. Lokeshav Bharati dignified in coming in the Shankar line. So these fellows are very, very dry. You know that when Mahaprabhu went as sannyasi to Banaras, then all the sannyasis criticized him for dancing and chanting like a sentimentalist. They could not understand his activities. Unbecoming, they thought, of a sannyasi. But they don't know these type of sannyasis. Ektanda sannyasi, Mayavad sannyasi, sannyasi and Gyanmarg. What is the real principle of sannyas? There is no mention of Ektanda sannyas anywhere in Srimad Bhagavatam. But the Tridandi sannyas is mentioned. And here it comes. Eshlok Padi Prabhu Bhavera Avesh Pramite Pavitra Goila Sabradadesh. So at that time, Etam Sastaya Paratmanishtam Madhyasitam Purvat Maharamadvi Hamtarishami Duram Tuparam Tumo Mukundangrinisheva. Mahaprabhu, he chanted this mantra from Srimad Bhagavatam. And the gist of this mantra is explained to by Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami. This is the mantra. It is not the sannyas mantra, but it is a slok from Srimad Bhagavatam that Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur gave to all of his sannyasi disciples. Prabhupada used to give this to his sannyasi disciples. And of course, all the disciples of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur would follow this procedure. Sannyas mantra and the shloka to chant. This is what Mahaprabhu chanted when he got the danda. He got the ek danda, which is in the Mayavad tradition, from Keshav Bharati, but he chanted this shloka. Of course, we also know, we also have heard that he also explained the mantra to Keshav Bharati, that Keshav Bharati was to give to him, tattvamasi, that is that sannyas mantra, in the Ganmarg. Mahaprabhu had his own understanding of that mantra. He gave it to Keshav Bharati, Keshav Bharati became illumined, spoke it back to him. Then the Danda came and so forth. Mahaprabhu chanted this shloka and this embrace of Keshavarti came and Keshavarti fell on the ground, dropped his Danda, began to dance and chant in ecstasy like a madman. This verse from Srimad Bhagavatam is evidence for what we call Vaishnava Sanyas, Tridandi Sanyas. Bhaktisiddhanta drew from this in support of his revolutionary, in a sense, introduction of Sanyas into Gaudiya Vaishnavism. This sloka states the etam sastaya paratmanishtam. The important word here is paratmanishtam and tamomukundanguniseva. That on the strength of paratmanishta means devotional service, nishta, fixed on the paratma, the Supreme Lord, I will be successful in crossing over material existence and this way, following in the footsteps of the Madhbi, Maharshibi, the word is actually Maharshibi used in 11th canto. Here it appears Madhbi in the script of Krishna's Kabiraj Goswami. The same meaning, by following in the footsteps of the Acharjas, who themselves, Tamo Mukunda Mishabaya, were fixed in the service of Mukunda. So the idea is by Pratmanishta, becoming fixed in the service of Mukunda, I can easily cross over. That hard thing, that difficult task of renunciation, becomes very easy. It becomes secondary. 
whatever is fruitful, useful in that, comes as a byproduct of serving Mukunda. So Mahaprabhu chanted this shloka, and the next morning he said, I want to go to Vrindavan, and Keshavar said, I want to go with you. Mahaprabhu said, all right, but you go in front, you're the guru. So you will lead the way and I will go behind you. And through Radha Desh they wandered, Mukunda singing, chanting in Harinam, and Nityananda Prabhu following along, Chandrasekhar, Govinda Das. And this way Mahaprabhu wandered throughout Radha Desh, trying to find Vrindavan, and the devotees were just trying to really keep up with him. In fact, after the first night, the devotees took rest, Mahaprabhu stayed up in the morning, he'd left. When they awoke, he was gone. He didn't know where he had gone. How did they find him? They wandered in Radhadesh. Imagine their feelings of separation from Mahaprabhu. How they found him? They heard him crying, Krishna, Krishna. Such a sound that just pierced like the universe. Hearing his crying for Krishna, they caught up with him. Suddenly, Mahaprabhu was going west. He turned and went east. He went the opposite direction. He said, Lord Jagannath has called me. He wants me to come to Jagannath Puri. Nilachal. We'll go there. The devotees began to follow him in that way. The description of these pastimes is slightly different in Chaitanya Tirtamrita and in Chaitanya Bhagavat. Chaitanya Bhagavat describes like this. He heard a Jagannath in his heart, told him, come to Nilachal. That's of course where Mahaprabhu would go. Mahaprabhu is the omniscient Lord. He's the Jagannath himself. Jagannath said, you will come to Puri. He announced to the devotees, I will go to Puri. They thought it was some kind of madness. Eventually, moving in Radhadesh, Mahaprabhu lamented. The people were not chanting. Why are they not chanting Krishna Nam? Of course, many people were when they saw him, but some people still resisted. Mahaprabhu came across some cowherd boys. One of them approached and said, Krishna, Krishna. And Mahaprabhu was took him and asked him, Where is Krishna? Can you show me the Jamuna? Where can I find it? Prabhu had briefed them. Tell him it's over there. <laughs> if he asks you this. They pointed in the direction of the Ganges. Mahaprabhu went to the Ganges, glorified the Ganges under the influence of Nityananda Prabhu, the coward, boy, thought he had found the Jamuna, glorified the Jamuna, took his bath there, and so forth. Chandrasekhar was sent by Nityananda Prabhu back to Shantipur, to Advaita's house. Meanwhile, back in Nadia and Shantipur area, everyone was just overwhelmed with separation, and their plight was unimaginable. An oracle came from the sky, Vrindavan Das Thakur says, told them, don't worry, the Lord will come in a few days to Shantipur at Advaita's house. Well, they were somewhat pacified. Of course, Mother Sachi had been fasting for 12 days ever since her son left home to go to Keshav Bharati at Katwa to take sannyas. She had been fasting. Nityananda Prabhu in Radhadesh told Chandrasekhar, you go to Advaita's house, arrange for him to come. I will go there, and then you will go back to Nadia and tell everyone that the Lord has come. Actually, Nityananda Prabhu did go back to Advaitis. Then he went, Baladev himself, to speak to that mother Sachi, who was in madness when he approached her, saying, 
When will Krishna and Balaram come back from Mathura? When will they be finished with that comes and return? Nanda Baba, he promised. I only let them go because he promised that he would bring them back in a couple of days. This is the drama of Vrindavan. Akura had come to bring Krishna and Balaram to bring about the death of Kangsa, but it was bringing about the death of the inhabitants of Vrindavan to even think of his leaving. Actually, Nanda Maharaj cleared the path. If it were not for him, they would have had to run over so many gopis, including Mother Jashoda, with the chariot. They would have blocked the way entirely. But Nanda Maharaj, whom everyone trusted and had faith in, he promised them, I'll bring him back. Of course, he went, and when he got there, what happened? Those city slickers in Mathura, sophisticated people, Chetriyas, Vasudev, Devaki, they were able to convince the country fellow, Nanda Maharaj, that, oh, this boy, he needs an education. We have a relationship with him also. These boys need to be educated. Somehow or other, they talked to him in such a way that he could not answer back, and he went back without them. Now, the whole of Vrindavan put their trust in Nanda Maharaj, that he would bring Krishna back. He came back empty-handed. But not one person in Vrindavan blamed him, because they could see the pain in him was greater than in all of them for having let them down. Even Radhika, she could not blame Nanda Maharaj one bit. They all loved Krishna with their entire being. But Mother Sachi was in this type of bhav, thinking of her sons, Krishna and Balaram, and Baladev Nityananda Prabhu returned, find her in this condition, and he pacified her and said, If you don't cook, she had been fasting for 12 days. If you don't cook, how will Krishna eat? Because you fast and don't cook, Krishna has to fast. She immediately began cooking. <laughs> and prasad was distributed to all the devotees. And they were heartened by Nityananda Prabhu's counsel. You can pacify them to some extent. You know that he was sent from Dwarka by Krishna to Vrindavan, Valdev, to pacify the inhabitants. He was able to do so to some extent. And they went. They met at Shantipur. This is the story. So here Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami brings up this verse, famous verse of Srimad Bhagavatam that Mahaprabhu chanted, which further illustrates the point, Premavesh Jaila Vrindavan. He went to Vrindavan out of some superior power, some positive attainment, Love of Krishna, not running away from the world, running into Vrindavan. Vrindavan means all things harmonized. That is the whole meaning of Krishna. Krishna is the full-fledged conception of Godhead. He can be served in ways that no other god can be served. No other manifestation of Krishna can accept as much service as Krishna, the Krishna conception of Godhead all attractive, all things harmonized. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasitaka used to say, religion means proper adjustment, that's all.
So this verse is a famous verse from 11th Canto of Bhagavatam. As I said, it's a story of the Avantipur Brahmana, Avantipur, a place in South India. Krishna told the story to uh, Uddhava of this Brahman describing sannyas. So Mahaprabhu drew on this. Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami tells us the main words here, Paratmanishta, and the change of dress is not very important. What does he say? Mahaprabhu kahe sadhu e bhikshuravachan Mukunda Sevana Vratta Koila Nirdharan. Mahaprabhu approved the purport of this verse on account of the determination of the mendicant devotee to engage in the service of Mukunda. He gave his approval of this verse, indicating that it was very good. In other words, Mahaprabhu accepted the principle of sannyas only on this basis. Because this Vantipur Brahman took sannyas, but he quoted this verse which stresses what? Service to Mukunda. On the basis of this, if this is involved in the sannyas, then I accept it. So who can uh, reject it? Who can criticize this? Mahaprabhu himself accepted. There are people, of course, who criticize the innovations of Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasri Thakur for introducing the sannyas. But it is a rather trifling argument about dress and color. Mahaprabhu told Sanatana Prabhu, instructed him, you should wear white or renunciation. Perhaps the idea is to differentiate from the Mayavadis who are all wearing saffron and Om Narayana, thinking that they have become God by changing the dress. So Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasadakar changed the dress of his sannyasis to saffron. But it's, if we study carefully, we see what is his motive behind that, what is the purpose of that, and it is all in the interest of fulfilling the desire of Krishna for propagation, preaching, for bringing dignity to the Paramahams of Esh, the white dress of the Paramahams is the Babaji, like Gokishwara's Babaji Maharaj, for bringing dignity to that at a time when it had lost some dignity. Shidamar sings beautifully about Prabhupada Saraswati Thakur, Paramahamsa Varam. He's from the Paramahamsa class. But he accepted the position of a yati, a sannyasi, paribrajak, preacher, formally, to show dignity to that position of the Paramahamsa, retired life, sitting, chanting, relaxed, daily. It's not for everyone. It is for everyone, perhaps, but not the first day. <laughs> After some time, some preaching, preaching that will be very helpful for capturing the mind. To go sit in the jungle and just remember Krishna, that will be very difficult. But to think how to convert the world into an abode of joy, into Krishna consciousness, that is a fairly consuming engagement for the mind. So he advocated like this, and he took the sannyas and made an adjustment. Mahaprabhu set some precedences. Everybody doesn't accept those precedences, and to hell with them. We cannot argue with the activities of such empowered persons, as Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvita-Thakura. To argue with these type of adjustments and ignore the spirituality of the person. This is backwards logic. What do the Goswamis do about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Where is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the book? You can say, oh, there's so many shlokas about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <laughs> Says who? The Goswamis say this verse, 
कृष्णवाणंद सा कृष्ण संगोपंगस्त्र पार्षदम यज्ञाई संकीर्तन प्रयर यजंती सुमेर सनातन प्रभु इज द फर्स्ट टू से दिस वर्स इज अबाउट चैतन्य महाप्रभु नो बडी एल्स सर चार संप्रदाय इज देयर मधुचार्य डजन से दैट रामनुज विष्णु स्वामी निम्बार्क दे डोंट अंडरस्टैंड दैट वर्स लाइक दैट देन सो मेनी वर्सेस व्हाट इज द पॉइंट द पॉइंट इज दैट द गोस्वामीज कुड अंडरस्टैंड द overt and obvious spirituality of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and they reasoned we had to find a way for the uh, this must fit in the scripture they reasoned they reasoned this must fit in the scripture if it doesn't <laughs> throw the book out <laughs> we don't want it it must so they found a way to support and show and, and demonstrate that this is the proper logic the onus is on the others not on us they have to acknowledge the spirituality of bhakti siddhanta saraswati thakur that kind of preaching that he did so widely and he sat and did bhajan for a long time he got up from that put down his job of beads considered there was some service to do for krishna in this world who fulfilled this edict of mahaprabhu that his name would be heard in every town and village and he did this pakistan srasti talker and his followers on his order having been ordered to do so by bhakti vinod talker that daiva varnashram that was the order of bhakti vinod daiva varnashram that will include some form of sanyas but pakistan srasti talker produced that so they may argue but this is uh, backwards logic If someone is overtly spiritual, we have to think, I must be reading the scripture wrong if I don't find any place for what he's doing there. Must find a place. And scripture is like that. You can find a place. It's not our task to rule over people with the scripture as if it is just a law book that we suppress them with. It is not like that. These the scriptures are dynamic. We are to find a place for the hearts of people to serve god in the scriptures there are some parameters but if any tradition is broad it is godia vaishnavism so broad so many ways to love krishna so many nuances so mahaprabhu he took the sanyas and he accepted this essence of this avantipur brahman's shloka in Srimad Bhagavatam, that service to Mukunda, if this is an element of your sannyas, then it has value. I accept it. Kaviraj Goswami says, Paratma nishta matra vesh dharan Mukunda sevaya havai sangsar dharan So changing the dress is not what the sannyas is about, but Paratma nishta and Mukunda seva with firm conviction and devotion to serve Mukunda This is what it's about. This is for everybody, and this is also the principle of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is for everybody. As I said before, Grihe Thako, Vane Thako, Sada Hari Bole Thako, Bhakti Vinod Thakur says, doesn't matter. Grihasta, Grihe living in a house, Vaan living in the forest, doesn't matter. Sada Hari Bole Thako. Don't forget the second part. Always chant Hare Krishna. This means Nishta, Kirtaniya Sada Hari. And for this, we'll have to be Trinadupi, Sunitjena, Dorodapiseshnana. The duty for the Sanyasi, the duty for the Grihasta is the same. 
surrender to Krishna. It is not different. A different expression only. But the spirit is the same. So this spirit we're after. As I said from Bhagavad Gita, what is the spirit of sannyas and the spirit of yoga? Krishna addresses in the sixth chapter. Giving up the desire to enjoy the fruits. Activities can remain the same. As I've said before, change the foundation. Building can remain the same. So everyone's duty in Gaudiya Vaishnavism is the same, to serve Krishna. There will be a different expression of it according to our situation, whether household or sannyasi. So everyone's sannyasi. Therefore the sannyas, just as of Mahaprabhu, of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasitaku, was a, basically a uh, external affair. And see, just see how it plays itself out. Indeed. <laughs> the Gaudiya Vaishnav sannyasis, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasitaku, what are they doing? collecting so much money and they live in a house of Radha and Krishna and Radha and Krishna have so many desires. They're busy all the time for serving them. Just like a man in his house, his activities are really quite similar. All the worldly type of activities. We think of it as very spiritual, printing books. It's not thought of like that in the, amongst so many spiritualists, especially maybe more so now. But at the time when Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvatthakur wanted to bring to light so many of the texts, print them, the printing press, and travel by modern conveyance rather than by foot, he said, what is this? I'm going to walk to Calcutta to print a book. I'll get in a car and go there, print the book. These were all very innovative, dynamic ideas, revolutionary, just like the worldly people. Riding in the car. Oh, even I think you've become materialistic, just see. They've criticized him. You've left the Ragmarg. This is a Ragmarg, <laughs> in one sense. Who's got life? Sarasvitakra said. He can preach. He was advised, don't leave Mayapur. And he went to Calcutta. From living in Mayapur, that was like going to hell, the worst part of the material world. It still may be today, but. It meant the modern civilization and Maya is there. That's why we're going there. <laughs> There's Maya there. There's darkness. We are bringing the light. And the Sannyasper Mahaprabhu is external. We already heard at the end of Adilila. He accepted this as a ploy to get people to show regard to him that they might not lose out on the opportunity of his appearance. If they showed respect to him, even without knowing what he was all about, just thinking he was a sannyasi, that was the beginning of their moving in the proper direction, in the spiritual direction. Mahaprabhu took sannyas, Nityananda Prabhu broke his danda in three pieces and threw it away. What is this? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is a sannyasi. He couldn't tolerate the idea. One time I was sitting with Prabhupada and I had little Gornitaididis that Prabhupada told me to worship. I still have. And another godbrother of mine had little Gornatites. He was a sannyasi, and he was worshipping them. And sometimes he would dress them as sannyasis, Gornatananda. He had little platinum cartels for them and little platinum mudangas. He'd hang around their neck. They were only just about five, six inches tall. He would dress them like sannyasis, and I had never seen that before. So I asked Prabhupada, is it proper to dress Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a sannyasi? And Prabhupada said, the devotees don't like to think of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a sannyasi. That's why, he said, Nityananda Prabhu broke his danda. 
You know, some people say oh, there are different ways to talk about it. He broke it in three pieces, meant actually Tridanda, not Ekadanda. He rejected this idea. But the sannyas lila of Mahaprabhu, that is the preaching lila, that is Acharya lila, so he's teaching us by his example, it's very, very valuable to us. So how can we say, how could Prabhupada say that devotees don't like to think of him as a sannyasi? As a sannyasi, he preached to Rup Sanatan and so many wonderful pastimes with them. They were so inspired by the teachings of Sanatan Siksha, Rup Siksha, and their activities in relation with Mahaprabhu. It's all in the sannyas lila. This will all be left out. We'll think, why well, I want to go to where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was without these persons. But they are there. Where? In Nadia also. And where is Nadia? That is also in Vrindavan. The devotees follow Mahaprabhu in Nadia Lila. Nimai Pandit, Kirtan in the house of Shivas. He's the husband of Vishnu Priya. And following him in that Lila. When he goes out in the morning, Anjan Kirtan, he comes to the house of Shuklambar Brahmachari. Sitting with some of his devotees, he looks in the field and he sees coward boys and cows. He goes to Vrindavan. In his bhav and all the devotees follow him. When he goes to bathe in the Ganges midday, it turns into Radhakund pastime in his heart and all the devotees go to Radhakund following him, moving between these eternal leelas. And the sannyasa is a Aishvarya, worldly leela. Aishvarya means opulence, opulence of renunciation. It's power. It's awe-inspiring. But how can we get close to Nimai Pandit as a sannyasi? How can we put our arm around him? How can we take any pleasure in his taking meals from Sachi? He's supposed to leave home. Bhaktivinoda Thakur therefore prayed, When will Nimai Pandit return, give up that sannyas, that Aishwarya, return to Nadia with us and perform kirtan at Srivast Thakur's house at night into the wee hours? And Rupsanatana there also. I don't think they're not in the eternal lila in Nadia. It is said that who has Manjari Bhav in Krishna Lila has appearance of a Brahman boy in Gaur Lila. You study actually the way in which Rup Sanatana and other Goswamis interacted with Mahaprabhu. It's very different than the other associates of Mahaprabhu. They were always very humble. They approached with some respect as attendants. Where the others were intimate associates like Jagarananda, Gadadhar. Gadadhar slept with the Lord every night. Jagarananda threw things at him, became angry with him. We don't find these activities in Rupsanatan. So they're teaching us, as I've said before, they are the devotees that teach us how to do sadhana. So important to us. But they have their place in the Nitya also, as Manjaris of Radha in Vrindavan, Brajlila. And they are represented as well in Nadia. So this Nadia Lila is this is the aprakat unmanifest Nitya Lila, and the Sanyas Lila is part of the worldly Lila. So Prabhupada said the devotees they don't like to think of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a Sanyasi. They like to think of him he meant as Nimai Pandit. Sanyas means oh he has to accept so many difficulties. We like it from one point of view, it's so instructive to us. But if we take those instructions to heart, and we develop love for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then we will not be able to tolerate the idea of his sannyas. We want to call him back to Nadia and enter into the kirtan of Shiva Sangam with him. 
So the sannyasa of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is very special. It's not an ordinary sannyasa, not karma sannyasa. Just to sit and do nothing in the name of meditation. It is Gyanamarga, give up work. It is not about that. It's about doing all kind of work such that it turns into a labor of love and as I said, the whole world becomes an abode of joy. So as Mahaprabhu Sanyas was of this nature, that is what Bhaktisanta Sarasri Thakur instituted in his Gaudiyamat. Also, we are following in that line. Any question? The verse by the uh, Brahmins of Bantapur, since the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that's been part of Sanyas initiation. Well, as I said, the Sanyas initiation was instituted in many respects by Bhaktisanta Sarasri Thakur. So, in conjunction with his instituting that, he gave this shloka to chant. Now, I say, in many respects, it was instituted by Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasri Thakur, but he himself made the argument that Gadadhar Pandit accepted Tridandi Sanyas. He gave Tridandi Sanyas to one Madhavacharya. Madhavacharya initiated Balavacharya. Balavacharya took Mantra Diksha from Gadadhar Pandit, brought Madhurya Rasa into the Balab Sampradaya, and Prabodhananda Sarasati was a Tridandi Sanyasi from Ramanuja Sampradaya, the brother of Venkatabhatta, who was the father of Gopal Bhatta Goswami. We talked about him the other night. Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur argues that Gopal Bhatta received the Tridandi Sanyas from Prabodhananda Sarasati. So he finds Tridandi Sanyas in pre-Chaitanya Sampradaya in Ramanuja Sampradaya, obviously, Ramanuja was sannyasi, and Vishnu Swami Sampradaya also. Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasri Thakur found 108 sannyasi names in the Vishnu Swami Sampradaya, and those he adopted. So, whether all of them employed this shloka in part of the ritual of giving sannyasa, I cannot say, but Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasri Thakur did. And he was saying by doing so, this is from Srimad Bhagavatam. So that sannyas we're giving is Bhagwat sannyas. So the sannyasis who come in that line, they chant that verse daily? Or... Prabhupada said, whenever you feel uh, for some strength, you can chant this. And the sannyas mantra they chant at least three times every day when they say the Gayatri. Their diksha mantras, and they have extra one. Sanyas. It is different than a tattvamasi given in a mayabhat sanyas. So it's just like a, an extra line. line. Yeah. And this is a shloka, this, this one from 11th canto. Anyone can chant it. That, yeah. Yeah. My other question is, just like we have the uh, mantra diksha, the Prabhagayatri, but there's an esoteric meaning there that hmm. something being transferred, something being cultivated, the seed being given. So with the sannyas initiation, is there an esoteric aspect to that, above and beyond what you mentioned, kind of the socio-religious role? Is there an inner esoteric? Well, the, yeah, sure. The mantras, rag, marg, mantra, <clears throat> it's about gopi bhav. Taking shelter of gopi bhav is what it's about. Oh, it's, yes, very esoteric. But that's the same under that the Babaji renunciates will take. That's the difference between the two. That is Bhajananandi, Gostianandi. Gostianandi means the preacher. So yeah, it's very esoteric. 
mantra concept that's shared and to be cultivated. Another question? All right, so we'll stop there. Chaitanya Chaitamrita ki jai. Krishna Skavivaj Goswami Mahashaya ki jai. Isi Bhakti Vranda Sami Prabhupada ki jai. Bhakti Raksakshita Devo Sami Maharaj ki jai. Shlokti Sadam Sarasuri Thakur Prabhupada ki jai. Go Bhakta Vrinda ki jai. Go Premanandi.